Hey, After Buzz TV, my name is Lauren LaGrasso, and I am so excited to bring you this amazing recording artist from Sony. She's also a SiriusXM host, and she's a really fun chick, so you're in for a treat, my friends. Stay tuned. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Surprise, and I know you. was such a jam oh thank you so much oh my gosh simon we just got an exclusive clip of your new single i wish i could hear the whole thing because i feel like i would lose a lot of weight if i could listen to that song every day because i'd never stop dancing right yeah every time i perform with my singers we go we do festival kicks during that, that break like you just kick the leg up you jump you could lose a lot of cows oh right. great i'm gonna You're start right. doing festival kicks yes. daily <laughs> Oh my gosh. Well, thank you for being here. I'm so excited to sit with you. We Me met too. like a week ago, or two, was it maybe three weeks ago now? I think so. Too. Okay. Life goes by so quickly. So I can't even keep track. Here, we're here, we're there. Right. But we met at Sirius. Yes, we did. Because you're also a host there, and I work there as a producer and personality. So you host on Hits One, and like randomly, I was emailing with your publicist setting this up. And then your producer came in and grabbed me, and we met. So pretty serendipitous. Yeah, it was it was perfect. He yeah. was like, "You got to meet this chick. She's awesome. What a Aww. personality!" Da da da. And then you walk in, and you're just like a ray of sunshine. And Aww. I really enjoyed talking to you then. So I was so excited to be on your show. Are you kidding me? This is awesome. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you for being here. And I'm really I'm in awe of your talent. And I think it's so cool oh. that you diversified because. It's so smart to have more than one egg in your basket in this industry because you never wanna you never wanna be eggless. You gotta you gotta have little things to crack when the going gets tough. Right. So the fact that you're doing that and you're meeting all of these cool people through Hits One, I really commend you for that. Oh, thank you. Well, you too. You're a singer songwriter. You get it. You know, I feel like so long are the days where you're just a touring artist. Mm -hmm. You know, I I want to be an entertainer. I want right. to be in film. You know, I want to be. I want to be in film. I want to be in fashion. So it's like you got to, you got to kind of just do it all. And um, I love broadcast, and I love people. Right. So it's and all that's, storytelling. Yeah, and that's yeah. that's why I love being an artist because mm -hmm. I love connecting with people through my music, performing mm -hmm. fans. You know, that's what it's about. And then when I got the opportunity to do Sirius XM um, on Hits One and and be able to be the artist component on the show and be able to be the opposite side of what I'm used to going into stations right. I'm interviewing and but I get them on a different level than you know per se my co-hosts do because I I know what it's like right and you know the process from A to B to C and like it's so cool to be able to sit there with a songwriter and actually have a discussion about songwriting rather than just like, where's your inspiration from? Right. You actually know how it all comes into play. Yes. But I want to tell a story from the start. So what age do you remember feeling like, yes, this is what I want to do. I want to be a singer. When, when was the first time you, you realized your love of performing? I know this sounds crazy, but it was just so innate. And I knew, I knew so young. It really? was just this deep desire within me, rooted in me. I know that sounds crazy, but I remember singing at five and just being mm. obsessed with it. And 
my parents always heard me singing and I was I was very very shy as a as a child and which is crazy because I'm absolutely insane <laughs> so it's very weird it's crazy how life is when you, you mature and grow up but I was a very shy kid and that's where what I love to do I love to perform I love to put on a show and by the time I mean my first grade yearbook it said I dream of being a pop star in my yearbook like wow. I wanted to be an artist and at a very young age I would study um, like Britney Spears and Sync and Backstreet Boys and Christina Aguilera, all these pop acts that were coming up. And I, at a very young age, I was like, who is writing these songs? And why do they all have this wow. unbelievable hook that is just so catchy and insane? The melodies were just like, whoa. And I remember being on my computer, probably on my AOL, <laughs> the whole dial-up thing, and I looked up and I read that it said, that Max Martin, Andreas Carlson were, were these writers. Sherion, these guys that were from Sweden. And I was like, Sweden? That just seemed so far away. And I was just like, hmm, I want to know who those guys are. So on and so forth. I just kept becoming obsessed and watching and watching and studying how these artists were and how they were telling a story and how each song was, you were getting deeper and deeper in with the artist and you were getting to see more of them. And it was just very compelling. And I knew... That's that's what I wanted to do. So I started um, immersing myself in as much, um, you know, talent shows <laughs> and school and and school plays and like I was like the overweight kid. So like I always oh me too oh my god always and I I was totally I feel so connected to you right now. Oh my your <laughs> shared plight. Oh my god, I was yeah. so made fun of. But I didn't of. know I was overweight. I thought I was hot. Oh my, but that's what it's about, Queen. Yes. Thank you. I know. I need that back. I need and a little bit of my fourth grade mentality Oh, back. my God. You're beautiful. Thank you're crazy. You. Oh, well, whatever. But no. you know how it is out here. Oh, my God. It's so hard. Being a kid is so difficult. I was made fun of. Mm. And also because, you know, I have a lot of nationality. Part of me, like, I was not just, like, a normal white girl. I had, right. like, a thick, like, brow growing in and some hair here. And, like, you Every know, ethnic woman does. Oh. I, and like a little chubby, so every part I auditioned for, they would be like, oh my god, your voice. But they'd go be like, you're going to be the character actor in the show. Yeah. So I was like, but I'm auditioning for Alice, but no, I'm not going to have a unibrow and the long blonde hair and be Alice. It didn't work for them, which is mean and wrong. It is mean, and I feel like today that wouldn't happen. But when we were younger, it was a much more judgmental time period. And it was like that perfect pop princess now there's more diversity in looks in absolutely this industry. absolutely which is so great so yeah. i was always getting the character actors but i'm so happy i did because mm-hmm. it taught me how to get that that part of humor and right. and to see light life lighter right and um I'm, I was grateful for all of that. There were a lot of dark moments growing up that I was feeling so insecure, but I think that made me the artist that I am today, to be able to pull from those insecurities and things like that. So, you know, like I said, so then then I started getting, you know, thinner and slimming out, and I, then I started booking leads, and, like, every every high school show I was getting, like, the leads and, and all Which that stuff. Which ones did you do? I mean, everything from I've done Fiddler, Mame. Like, I was just so immersed in Broadway. And then I started studying the Great American Songbook. And I was studying opera. And I loved classical music. I wanted to be knowledgeable. I wanted mm-hmm. to know everything from the classical world to classic rock. To yeah. learning about the Stones and Jefferson Airplane and all these bands oh, from the love 60s. Jefferson Airplane. Right? They're amazing. B- bands from the 60s that started in the Bay Area and, like, what they brought. And right. Woodstock 
rock and just I wanted to know it all, you mm-hmm. know, jazz and how that became this and that and 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 just just all of it. And so at six, so like I said, I was immersed in all these shows and doing that. But I knew that I wanted to be I wanted to be a pop artist. I knew that that was the end goal, but I wanted to I wanted to have a foundation. So I, I was doing that. And I didn't know really, like, how do I do it? And I remember looking up, like, how do I find an agent? And my parents were just like, you know, they were so supportive and they knew that that was what I loved to do. But they didn't want me to get hurt. Yeah. the It's so scary. The rejection is so real and so hurtful. And it's hard in general being a person in today's world. Mm-hmm. But then on top of that, have it walking into an audition and maybe not looking a certain way or singing that one note a certain way or saying those lines a certain way. Bye-bye. You know, cruel. Right. They want to protect you. They wanted to protect me. And, you know... That's great, but like they knew, mm-hmm. nothing's gonna stop me. <laughs> nothing. So I just kept going, kept going, and by the time I was sixteen, um, these boys moved down the street from me, and I heard they were musical, and they knew I was too, and I went over one day, and it was just like, boom, fire, and we wrote this song together called "Right Now." That was like our first mm-hmm. single, and someone at Disney heard it. And how did that happen? Literally just living in LA, someone heard the song. We shot like a video for like 200 bucks at my high school. And like, <laughs> yeah, I was 16, yeah, high school. And like, someone passed it along to someone. And Ken Bunt at Disney at Hollywood saw it, or John, like these people that were there. And before I knew it, they were putting it on XD. And I was like, oh my God, like, it's going to happen. And mind you, like, since I was five, like, I knew what I wanted to always do, as crazy yeah, as that you've is. Been preparing mentally. So. I was like, what, Disney? This is perfect. So had a lot of, um, you know, great opportunities with them. I was offered a, a show on Disney, and we kind of pushed that to the side because we didn't want it to maybe – and that was a time that, like, Miley was on and wow. and Selena was just starting and the Jonas Brothers show, and I was like, you know, that would be amazing, but is that going to ruin the credibility of, of being a, a serious – recording artist and And did you have a full say in that or did you like because I remember when we were talking a little Mm -hmm. bit before you were saying how like there were some things within the band where you felt like your voice wasn't fully being heard yeah so how did that all go down that you guys ended up saying no to that well they were they were a family and Mm -hmm. their older brother and their father managed us and um their father was in a band that was successful in the 70s and stuff and so my parents were not in the business so we put a lot of trust in them and in the long run um it was not it was it was a toxic relationship right that band became which I'll I'll get into but um you know I didn't feel like I had so much of a voice and that was the struggle that I dealt with for years because I'm a very loyal person and I didn't want to give up right on the end goal and that was like felt like my ticket with everyone and I'm a team player and I was right. like we're in it for the long run I'm, I'm we're gonna do this we're gonna do this so because they didn't necessarily want to do the show I was like all right but I was passing on like 16 year old Simon's dream like being on mm-hmm. a Disney show at 16 you know I'm an actress and I it was and a singer so it was like wow that would be perfect so we ended up not doing that and kept writing and like perfecting your sound and things like that. And then by the time I was twenty, um, we they actually I got a show offered to me on Twentieth Century Fox, and um, Glee was at its like high moment at that time. And Leah Michelle was going to be going off the show, or she was going to be graduating. So there was like a new girl coming into the scene. And I went in for my meeting. I remember it was it was literally on like my twentieth birthday, and 
I went into that boardroom and it was like my third audition going in there with the boys for a show and they looked at us and they were like we're giving you your own show and it's just like oh my god I just turned 20 this is insane this is crazy I remember breaking down into tears when my dad like told me later that like he got a call from my like manager at the time and all of that and just whoa like I'd been you know I put down the Disney show years ago and now this is happening like this feels right this feels right and um they didn't want to do it they were like no it's not gonna the guys didn't want to do it and they and then I also found out that they wanted me to be that girl on Glee and stuff like that and all of that the new girl on but I put it aside for them out of loyalty girl so can I tell you one thing mm -hmm. that I I really believe is true the best thing about you and the worst thing about you are usually the same. And you're an incredibly loyal person. This is my struggle, too. Mm. So you get so committed once you're in something that sometimes it's hard to see anything else. Yeah. And that's what you were doing there. And I'm just so glad that you were able to escape that situation because sometimes the also the worst thing in your life is actually the best thing in your life. And I know when that band broke up, you thought it was the worst thing that ever happened to you. But yep. I think it was the best thing that ever happened to you. It was. It was such a blessing from God that that, that happened. So, so how long after that 20th Century Fox thing did the band break up? So we kept hustling, going, going to get a record deal. Um, got signed to Universal at 21, 22. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm wrong. Maybe I'm yeah. wrong with the times. It We're was, going. It's, it's good. It's, it's literally was a Somewhere blur. in that year. But David Foster um, heard us perform and was like, I, I want to... I want to sign you guys. I'm taking over a, la- a sub-label of Universal called Verve, which was a label that was, like, for jazz acts. Like, Etta James was signed there. And, like, you know, these incredible, you know, iconic artists. But he was going to take it over, and he was going to make it become, like, the next big pop label. And wow. he said, I want to sign you guys. I mean, you hear that at, you know, in your early 20s, and you're like, oh, my God, it's David Foster. I mean, he's iconic. And that was so exciting, and I remember being so amped about that. And they introduced us to, they go, one day I was in there, and they go, this really big songwriter and producer's coming in, and I want him, I want you guys to perform for him. And I was like, oh, my God, okay. They're like, he's written for this one and that one. I was like, whoa. And they go, his name's Andreas Carlson. There goes little eight-year-old me mm. looking up on the computer, reading who wrote those Britney in sync Backstreet Boys song, and one of the writers was Andreas Carlson from Sweden. And I had chills my entire body. I'm like, oh my god! I remember him walking into the room, and I was just like, wow, oh my god! And he looked at me and he said with his accent, he's like, I'm judging pop idol in Sweden right now. I see the best talent in the world. I write for Katie, for this one, to that one. He goes, don't sit. Because we were playing in like an acoustic set. He's like, don't sit down. Stand up and show me what you got. And I'm like, here we go. <laughs> All right, let's do it. So I pulled myself together and I got up and put on a show like I do. What did you do? Did you dance? Like when he says put on a show, what did you what was going through your mind? Did you like totally do anything different than what you do? Just connection. Just connection. Connecting. Being being in the moment, in your song, in your music, with your band, mm-hmm. feeling it. And um day later called up my managers at the time and said um I want them to come over we wrote a song with him we wrote two songs with him and this guy Eric Lidbaum from Sweden as well and that became um that became my future that was like my life for the next two years and what that was was he goes 
I not only want to produce songs with you guys, but I want to executive produce your album, and I want to fly you guys to Sweden, and I want you guys to work with me and the Swedes in Sweden, and I want you guys to write your album, your debut album with me, and I'm like, oh my god. So, like, I had just come from, you know, 16, the Disney thing almost happening, to 20, the, the Fox show almost happening, to then, like, 21, 22, 23, like, oh my god, like, going back and forth to Sweden, writing this debut album, signed to David Foster, I was like, oh my god, it's it's going to happen now. It's going to happen. And so I lived in Sweden, which was literally the most, one of the most incredible times of my life. Getting to, you know, because I didn't go to college. I gave up going to college and I actually was going to go to college for theology because I love religion and culture and it's just something that really, truly inspires me. And I was going to go to school for that. But being signed, it was just it was so much work to be thinking of classes right. at the same time of traveling. And college will be there. Your youth won't. So you got to focus on what, you know, on, on the trajectory you're on. That yeah. Was, that was a smart choice. I've always been the different kind I of I love kid. college. Like, I went to it, and it, I'm grateful I did. Yeah. But, like, especially if I'd been born in L.A., I think I would have done exactly what you did. And it was scary to yeah. do that. It was. That That's actually the harder choice. People think going tough. to school is hard. Taking a year off or taking multiple years off to pursue your passion is much harder and much scarier. When I first got signed in like August, I actually was signed up for community college because I was like, there's no way I'm going to be able to go to like a Pepperdine University and study no. theology. So I like took like one, like two classes, like a theology class and like a music class. And I was like, just get your feet wet, get some credits while you're doing sessions in LA and ramping up with the band. And then by the time when I was going to Sweden, I was like, this is crazy. Like no. I can't do it. So went to Sweden. It was so incredible. That was like, like as my friends were in college and like partying at USC or UCLA and partying on the row, like I was that was my education. I was learning about the music business. I was living in Sweden. I was writing songs. I was learning how to write a hook. I was learning what it takes. I was learning you know, the importance of choosing that um, that snare drum as opposed to that one. Learning. So you're learning production. I was too. learning. Produ- I was learning the whole thing. Image, everything, all of that. You know, I got that education, and I don't regret any of that. That was so important. For me as an artist to see that. Because I want to be the hands-on artist. That's who I am now. And that's what I got to witness and see. And that pushed me. We like literally wrote so many songs. And we were so excited. And we were coming back to LA eventually. And like to being like no. To coming back to the label. And them going we don't like any of it. And Andreas, Eric, me, the band. We were like these songs are awesome. What? Are you crazy? But they had never been in pop music before. These people mm-hmm. that were overseeing us. Yeah, they're in jazz, it right? It was more so contemporary. It was just like, what? Maybe you, you just don't get it. You just don't see it. Are you crazy? So here's my question, because yeah. I've never been signed to a label. Yeah. I've done everything on my own. What Which happens? Which is amazing, by the well, way. That's no, I fantastic. Would, I would like to at some point. And I yeah. think I'm so glad that you're with a good label now that yeah. understands you. Yeah. So I think it can be a great thing. But what happens when you're with a label who doesn't understand you, who doesn't see what you're doing, doesn't see you for who you are? And where do those songs go? Are they just, like, in song purgatory somewhere? Yeah, legitimately. Where like, do they live? Like, because somebody should sing them, right? Right. So then you're like, well, do I pitch them to other artists? But, like, no, this is what I wrote for for us. Right. This is what we wrote. And it's just, 
It was so, so difficult. And I remember every day being, I was so depressed and I felt so, I felt so alone because all my friends are at college and I'm still, you know, I'm from LA. So I was like living with my mom and dad. My brother was away at college and I was just like, it's just me and like these two boys that are family and their manager, our managers are their family. I felt like the outsider. Mm -hmm. I felt, I felt so alone and it was a very depressing dark time for me when we were struggling at the label for sure when the label said no we don't like any of those songs Mm -hmm. did they say go write more or just they left it at that they go go write more but not with your executive producer and like this was the guy who's had hit like so many hits like are you guys crazy it felt so misunderstood so we just kept writing and writing and I felt like I was like just doing cattle calls going to everyone trying to explain ourselves and it was just it was frustrating. Yeah, because every time you go with a new co-writer, what people don't understand who maybe don't write music, it's like going on a first date yes. or having a first session with a new therapist. Yes. You gotta tell them the whole story. You walk up the hill and you see if you can hike down together holding hands. Exactly. So it's that's like a really emotionally draining thing. And then to be told every time, it no, it's not good. No, it's not good. No, no. Soul crushing. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And like you said, it's like a first date. Mm -hmm. You don't know if you're going to vibe well with them. And some you don't. And that's totally fine. And some you do. And they're awesome. But it was just like day after day of that. And that kept going on for like, that was like a year and a half. So then, this was the this was the moment. So we ended up we ended up parting ways and me and and the label. How involved was David Foster, by the way, at this point? Or at any point? Not really. He was kind of hands-off. He was, yeah, it was more so his sister. He was dealing with a lot of family. Sister Foster. Sister Sister Foster. <laughs> he was dealing with a lot of family things. Oh, got it. So he was like kind of like just a name on the label, yes. but there was somebody else who was giving you this instruction. Yes, it yes, wasn't it wasn't necessarily him. He was dealing with a lot of things at home with like past, his past ex-wife and, and so on and so forth. Um, Yolanda. Yes. But shout out to Yolanda. Shout out to all of them. And <laughs> David's an amazing man. Oh, yeah. And he's such a talent. Well, I don't know him, but I know he's a very talented musician and he he can see talent yeah. so it's huge that he saw that in you absolutely and I thank him so much because he's he's definitely a person in my corner that really believes in me and I feel so grateful for that and for everything but sometimes things are just not right yeah and it wasn't right so we end up leaving we end up writing like more songs for like another year like just the band and just like we need to write it we need to do it like and were you performing at all during this time not really. Not really, just writing. Which was not what That's I wanted. That's death to the soul Like, for I an wanted artist. to be, prefer- it was terrible. Yeah. But I was in the, I was in the wrong place. Mm-hmm. But. You had to get in a different room. Mm-hmm. Metaphorically. And exactly. And then the best thing ever happened to me. We were going to have a meeting with Republic Records. And it was the day before the meeting. And just because I was literally losing my mind, I was working part-time in a doctor's office to, like, make some extra cash to be out, to be still in the area where the band, where we were all from. But so I didn't have to feel like, you know, because no one would hire me at that point because I'd be like, bye, I got to leave to go do a session. And, like, no one would want, no one wanted to hire me and stuff, you know. I wasn't. Wasn't necessarily always there, but my friend's dad was like, no, you're fine. Like, you come in when you can come in and make money and be with people and, like, that's good for you. And then go. And you can, because I was just feeling so low. You need to have something. I had to. So, what I did was, they called me the day before the meeting, and I was so amped for this meeting. I really was. Republic was interested, and I was like, yeah, that'd be dope. Oh, my God. And it's still in the universal system, which we were in. So, like, they knew about us. So... I get a call from them, and they're just like, hey. I'm like, hi, I'm so excited for tomorrow, so let's talk about timing. And I was at the office that I was working in the doctor's office. And they go, um, we actually canceled the meeting. I go, 
excuse me? What do you mean you canceled the meeting? There's three of us. You can't just cancel a meeting. You know, I just don't want to do this with you anymore. My world felt like those eight years, those ten years, that little girl that was made fun of in school, like it was like boom, 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 boom. Like, I'm not kidding you. I went into the bathroom and I fell to the ground in this doctor's office and I'm like, oh my God, it's over. I, I, I've given everything. I gave up everything for you. And you, you threw it in my face. You threw me out like, you know, like crap. Like, duh, bye. I'm like, oh my God. And I remember going home and my mom looked at me and she goes, I'm so happy for you. This was the biggest blessing in your life that happened today and wrapped her arms around me. And boy, was my mother right because my life started that day. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. That That is such a great lesson for everyone because sometimes you're just, like we were talking about earlier, like you put all your faith into this one thing. But then when you look back at the trajectory, there were little weird signs. Like, I mean, not little. Big Hello. signs. Hello. Like giving up on these amazing opportunities. Yeah. And it wasn't like you almost got the opportunity and then you didn't get it. You got the opportunity, but then you guys had to give it up. Mm-hmm. You had to give it up because you were being loyal to them. Yeah. So look at all these amazing lessons you've learned and the mistakes Absolutely. that you made early that you don't have to make now. Exactly. Yeah. I think whatever you believe in, universe, God, whatever, mm-hmm. I thank God every day for showing me that because it's taught me, it's taught me just, you, you got to trust your heart. Mm-hmm. You got to trust your gut. And your gut. If something you feels weird, go, it's weird. It's weird. And you got to be true to yourself. And it also showed me, wow, family is everything. My parent. that was, I'm not going to lie. Those were the hardest, like two weeks of my life. When that band broke up. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were like my, it was like my boyfriend, my family. And they did not handle it right. And mm-hmm. I do not talk to them anymore. Are they still doing music? Because it kind of seems like they don't like themselves. I, I don't know. And I don't want <laughs> to. I'm good. just like, I don't well, need to even talk about that. Here's the thing. Like, I think that they, they were doing a, a self-fulfilling prophecy. Like, every time you guys had an opportunity giving it up like that. And maybe they saw your light. Maybe they saw exactly who you were and who you would be, and they were scared of that because they knew it would eventually go this way, even if you did stay together and you took all those opportunities up. So that was, yeah, that was, rejection is God's protection. That was certainly true in this case. Absolutely. You know, they say the biggest darkness in your light, uh, darkness in your life reveals the biggest light. Mm -hmm. And I am telling you, it did. It really did. And do you want to hear how my life changed? Yeah. Well, I know shortly <laughs> after that, you met your manager, right? Yeah. So let me tell you so what tell happened. So in the midst of being in that band, when I was like 17, do you remember the bands like All Star Weekend and yes. The Cab, like mm-hmm. all these cool like pop rock emo type bands, they would perform at this place where I grew up out in LA. And I remember going to a show. Who was the place? The Canyon Club. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, in Agora Hills. And they were like, um, they told me that their manager was there and I wanted to meet him. And so I remember this guy with this hat on, with this like New York vibe, like totally cool guy. I was 17 and my parents are from New York. So like that felt like home to me. That Those kind of people feel like right. home. So he, he talked to me and I remember thinking, he's a cool, cool guy. Okay, now fast forward. All this shit happens years later, whatever. And then I'm... This was a year and a half ago. The band breaks up. And, oh, wait, is it almost? Yeah. Yeah, like a year and a half ago. 
the band breaks up and a little more than a year and a half now yeah yeah sorry anyway and the band breaks up and literally two weeks later I'm on Facebook and this message pops up and it says Steve Zapp I'm like Steve Zapp who is that he goes what happened to you and your band he's like you're such a star I've seen it since day one I've been watching you like he goes I'm breaking this girl Daya right now I want to break you that was the that was the message I got. Very direct. And for those two weeks, literally the day the band broke up, I was emailing every writer I knew telling them the band broke up, oh, let's start getting into sessions. Like I was like, I am not done. This is just the beginning for me. And I literally the universe sent me him mm-hmm. in that literally on Facebook. Thank you, Facebook. Thank you. Thank you, Facebook. Mark. Thank, Thank you, Mark Zuckerberg. Uh-huh. <laughs> we love you. Love you, baby. <laughs> so I, I get that and I'm like, Mom, Dad, like and then I go, oh, my God, he was the guy that I met that used to rep those bands and da-da-da-da-da. Oh, my God, oh, my God, he's breaking this girl, Dea, and, like, she has this song out called Hideaway, and, like, oh, my God, and, like, da-da-da-da, and we took a meeting with him. And I said, you know, look, I, I'm old enough to go take a meeting by myself, but after what I had dealt with, Mm-mm. with being so screwed over for so long, my parents wanted to be there. You probably had PTSD, by the way. Oh, I, I mean, still do. Yeah, of course. Who Literally. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> so they came with me, and we sat on this couch. And, you know, we were asking him all these questions. He was like, he's like, I'm Steve Zapp. I'm going to break you. I'm breaking this girl Daya right now. Like, you're a star. I've been watching you. Like, trust me. I got this amazing kid named Gino Barletta. We're, we just opened up Art Beats. We're an independent label. And we're breaking this girl. And we go through Sony. And da 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 And he's telling me all of this. And my mom looks at him and goes, in eight years, she couldn't, her songs couldn't get on the radio. Will you be able to break her? He goes, I'll get her song on the radio within four months. Not only did he do that, my song broke top 50 in pop radio. And literally, my my life changed thanks to Steve Zapp and thanks to Gino Barletta. And the last year and a half have been just so wonderful and just so beautiful. And I've grown so much and has been such a journey. And writing my debut EP and album that are going to be coming out soon, it's like... Like I say, my life was in black and white before. And wow. in this last year and a half, my life has become color, as cheesy as that sounds. That's really cool. So before, it was like the Wizard of Oz when we were in Kansas. We were and in Kansas. And now we're in Oz. We are, in, we are so in Oz. <laughs> so in Oz. And I've, I've had this opportunity to be, to be Simon, to be me, to talk about what I want to talk about. And in this last year and a half, I said to my parents, because I was always, I had to live at home near the band and all this and all that, I'm moving out. My one of my best friends from from camp that I went to camp with from back east moved out at that exact moment in my life. Someone I truly needed. God sent me her, and now she's working with me. And we're just we're building. I have the most incredible team wow. and PR. What team. is she doing with you? Like, she, first of all, she's here right now with me. She's over there. Oh, hey, girl. <laughs> What's up? Shout out to Kara Greenspan. Our couch crew. And Whitney from Anderson PR. I love so, them. I'm so grateful for my team. And we're building this. And we're building it all together. And it's dirty. It's grimy. We're mm-hmm. all doing it. We're, like, in the trenches together. You know? I say Simon is... Simon is not me. It's all of us. Oh, this I love is a, that. It's true. It's not me. It's I huge. You have to do be any of this a without a player. Yeah, it's so important. And I'm sure you see that when people come into Hits One, you can tell the people who really appreciate everyone around yeah. them from the people like 
fetch me my water. Oh, barf, no. Yeah, barf. No. That's not the way yeah. to be, that's not how you get longevity no. in this business. No, we're, so. we're all together. Mm-hmm. Like, who I am at home is like, you know, being a dork and having pimple cream on and shit. Yeah. Like, that's me. I need some of that. Right? Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> Trust me, I'm hiding I'm hiding a lot of it right now. <laughs> um, but you know what I mean? Like, it's it takes a village. Yep. And we're in it for the long run. And getting to have Steve and Gino do artist development with me and letting me finally be me and be the artist I want to be has been the most cathartic incredible experience this last year and a half has been beautiful I've 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 moved out I live with Kara now we live together in Hollywood in the midst of everything and like are experiencing relationships with guys and meeting new friends and being dumped or dumping someone else or you know your 20s people don't tell you this are Friggin' shitty. Yeah, they're the worst. They're so hard. They're so bad. And no one I tells you that. I thought I'd be so cool when I was no. in my 20s. It's well, been are. a fucking shit show. I'll it's tell a, you that much. Thank you. Oh, I, I didn't know. Can I curse on here? <laughs> yeah, you can curse. It's a fucking shit show. Yeah. It's been one thing. After, I feel like I've lived 10 lives in the past six years. Oh my God. Yeah. I love you. We're no, so connected. No, we really are. Yeah. But, but how do you, because I know I've got my little methods, but like when you feel like when is it just going to happen? Like, when will I get that moment? Because you've gotten some moments now. But when you were in those times, how did you get through them? The faith of the the little girl that was made fun of at eight years old who was told, you're too fat, you're too this, you're too that. I never, I was always the underdog. And I was like, you got to keep pushing through. It's going to happen. Just got to keep going. Got to keep going. And I won't give up. Oh, hell no. Hell no. People might say, oh, she's not on a major. She's not this. She's not that. She's this. She's that. Her band got this. No. You got to block that out. You got to put the blinders on. You got to fucking stay focused. Be true to who you are and keep going. Because it's going to happen. And you got to believe in yourself and you got to work hard. And that's And harder than you think hard work is. Yes. And, you know, I grew up living in L.A. Like, so lucky to be in L.A. where all of this is happening. And, you know, I grew up having nice things and what and whatnot, but like my parents instilled in me, you gotta work your ass off like we did to get to a point. You gotta work, work, work. You know? And that's what they've instilled in me, and I thank God that they have instilled that in me because I'm like a beast. Like, like, like I, oh, I don't like stop when I'm not working. I get nervous. Yeah, me too. I'm like anxiety. a twitchy. I'm, I have bad anxiety. Oh mm-hmm. my god. Yeah, through, I'm through the ringer. I'm nuts. But, <laughs> but that's who I am. That makes me who I am. And like I said, so like this last year, being able to write what you wanted to write about was so cool. And so I had this single out called "Say." Yes. That was like an introduction song for me. And it's, that was the one that was top 50 on the pop charts, mm-hmm. right? So that was a play on my name, Simon, Simon Says. And it was this whole thing that was like super fun, saying that I'm from the valley. I don't come from the island, no, just the gal with the vibe in. Oh, and like, it was so fun to write. And these dope producers did it with me, and they were amazing. And Gino co-wrote it with me. And like we just had the best time doing it. And it was awesome as an introduction song for me. My EP that's coming out, my single that comes out on Friday, completely, completely different. Because I had to take that year to figure out who I was. Right. I had just been coming off of this band thing. And I was just like finding myself and like just put something. I wanted to put something out. Yeah. This last year and a half, has I had to dig deep. Who are you? Who really are you? What do you want to be? What do you want to sound like? You know, what do you want to show? Right. And that's what this whole last year and a half was the growth was just crazy so what did you find who are you 
what's going to be coming out? I found that I am an insecure, happy, sometimes sad, flirty, sexual, young woman in her 20s trying to find herself. And that's what I'm writing about. Broke. I have a song called Lucky Bitch that's going to be on the album. It's so funny. It's like, um, uh, what is it? So what if so what if my bank account does not exist? I'm still like like it's yeah. just like relatable. Yeah, cuz that's what's going on. I'm not going to put on a fucking facade. I'm going to be as real as it gets because those are the artists that have inspired me. Mm-hmm. From Madonna to Gaga to powerful women, that's what I want to be and I'm not giving up. I'm just going to keep going and that's what you're going to find that my sound shows. It shows authenticity. I'm going to be real. And this song that comes out called I Never Do is about a guy I was with that was like just seemed perfect. Perfect to everyone. He's got the great job. He's stable. He loves me. He texts me all the time. He calls me all the time. Takes me to nice places. It just would be, it would be perfect. But he's not the one that gets my heart pumping. He's not the one that gets me going. It's this other guy. And the guy that, that I'm, that's perfect for me is the guy I never do. And I feel like we can all relate to a moment like that. Yeah, maybe a few moments, maybe a few years. Right? Do you know what I mean? Yes! But, like, how do you know? How do you know? Because it's really hard, and especially in L.A., where the dating scene is fucking It's fucking horrible! It is brutal. I don't want to swipe anymore! No, and I love your other song. Sorry, I'm, like, yelling. I'm just angry. I know, no. I don't want to swipe anymore. I just caught that. I thought you were speaking code for something, because I've been out for so long. But, um... What, the, your first song, uh, "No Way." I love it. I love the lyrics about that because if you just listen to it, like right off the bat, you might think like, "Oh, this is just like a sexual song." But you're actually saying, "No way, I'm going to get with you." Like, there's no way I'm going to screw you. Like, and then you say, "Well, maybe there is a way." But it's really a song about empowerment because guys here, it was like I said, taking off your top is a new handshake in Los Angeles. Literally, because I'm like a nice little Catholic girl from the Midwest. Yes. Like, do 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 do. Maybe we'll make out and dry hump. No, right, they're right, not interested. Right, right. It's like the, I just want to get in your pants. And yeah. Da-da. I was so about that song. What inspired that was I was on a date with a guy, and literally he didn't even he didn't even know my last name. He just wanted to fuck me, and mm-hmm. I'm like, no, no, honey, there's a lot more to me. Yeah, Mm-mm. nope, not gonna happen. So wrote that song with Gino, and I was like, I go, I remember going to the studio, and I was like, can you believe this? I'm like, I deal with this again and again and again. Uh-huh. Where are these nice, genuine guys? Like, seriously, where? But then Call you, me! But then, you, okay, so you have that, <laughs> then you date one, and you're like, oh my god, I'm so bored. Right! So this What's is the, the happy medium? This is the internal struggle. Yeah. Because in your 20s, we don't know what we want. Yeah. We're, we don't even My friend know. just had a baby! I'm like, right. how are you doing? How do you I'm push like, a human out of your body? I'm like, I can't even get a date. Yes. And you're having a baby. Yeah. That's nice. Right? I yeah, mean, no, that's the great. only time I really felt like, I'm like, oh my God, I gotta get it together. Right? She just had a human. Every, like, buddy on Facebook, said it, I was just engaged. I'm like, FML. Woo. Yeah. Like, you, you know, know what? That <laughs> doesn't bother me. But the baby, because I think I don't care about marriage as much as I do about baby. bearing a child at some point. 
Are yeah. we connected? I think we are. This is a moment. We are. But I love that you talk about the different types of problems within love. Because so many people just talk about heartbreak or falling deep in love. They don't talk about the intricacies of no, it. No, what about the... Yeah, but that's that's what makes all of it. Mm-hmm. And so getting to write a song about that one situation was so cool for me. And, you know, I didn't, I didn't, we didn't go to radio with that song, but... But you should listen to it. But it, it is damn good. Thank you. But it was great content to put out while I was really digging deep and finding myself this last year and a half. So now putting out I Never Do, I just shot my first music video for it. So cool. What's the concept behind it? Because we saw a little clip of it in the beginning. Well, I was really, really fortunate to, I started this year, I started working with this guy named, um, he calls himself Grizz, but his real name's Alex Lucas, and he's just this incredibly creative guy. He shoots like, shoots like everyone, literally. He's like Nicki Minaj's wow. right-hand guy. He's he's amazing. I mean, he does everything, everything across the board. And I sat down with him, and I had been meeting with other people as well, and it was something about the way he understood me and understood what I wanted to portray. Mm. And I felt very comfortable with him, and I trusted him. And which is everything which, as a woman mm-hmm, in which, this business. Right. He's just a kind, creative person who just, he has, he's young. So he knows, he knows what's cool. He gets it. And that's what I love about my team. Everyone's young. We're all in this together. And so he was like, look, we could do a concept where it's like, A, the good guy, B, the bad guy. But that would be so cliche. That would be just like, here's another pop girl coming out, new video, blah, 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 boring. <laughs> Here are the two guys. Dunzo. Okay, she's going to like this one. She's screwing that one, but she wants that one. No. So what we came up with was that it's an internal battle amongst my own good side and per se bad side. Mm. And so the video is that like trip through my mind of good Simon and a little bit naughty Simon. Little bit naughty. Mm-hmm. So good Simon is the one that likes the guy who takes you nice places, is clean cut, calls you. Bad Simon's the one that likes the other guy. Not necessarily. Okay, tell me. Because there's nothing wrong with maybe this darker side of you. Mm -hmm. Nothing wrong with it. That's what makes people interesting. You have to have layers of both where you're not human. Mm -hmm. And I'm showing that that's what's beautiful. I am fucked up. I admit it. I totally am. Me too. Right? Mm -hmm. We, We all are. And that's what makes you cool and authentic. Yep. I'd rather be crazy than boring. Amen. Yeah. Same here. And... I just, I'm excited to put it out and I hope everyone enjoys it and I can't wait for everyone to come on this journey with me and I'm going to be putting this stuff out soon and I'm so excited. I can't wait. And will you be playing it on Hits 1? I don't decide what's you don't get being to. played. See, I wonder you that. Have a pro- you have a program director okay. and um, we'll just have to wait and see, won't we? I can't yes. say anything yet. Well, you better get a little love on there. You'll at least be able to talk about it on there and promote it, correct? Absolutely, Good. but um, I can't say yet if it's playing. But you'll okay, have to just well, see. I see a little glimmer in her eyes for those that are audio-based, so don't worry. I have a feeling it will be on SiriusXM Hits once soon. And it's going to be on a bunch of other stations. Yes. We go to radio very soon. So, actually, I wanted to ask you about that, because mm-hmm. I know Radio Disney was so instrumental and supportive in getting your songs out there. Oh, my gosh, yes. What? Okay, Every time I talk about sex on air, mm-hmm. I get so nervous that, like, Disney's going to hear it, and then I'll never get an opportunity with them, because I secretly hope to work with them in some capacity someday. Okay. Mm-hmm. How does that work? Like, do they, if you put out a song about sex, are they like, oh, no, 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 or will they, like, open the doors to you again if you have another, like, family-friendly song? 
no, they're so wonderful over there. I have to, I really have to compliment them on just an amazing company. Radio Disney's incredible. Hollywood Records is incredible. Disney, you know, they're, they're excellent and they're great people. And Phil, the um, program director there and Kristen, they're just, they're amazing, amazing people. And they believe in me and I'm Mm -hmm. so lucky to have them. And it's so funny. Phil would be like, he'd be like, shit like I can't play no way I'm effing you but me, my daughter and I are jamming to it in the car I'm obsessed with it like so cute That's like such great. such great love but I did I have a clean edit of no way because no way has a, like an f-bomb in there and says shit but like I made a clean edit for obviously for radio right so they have that one and it's it's dope Aww. so we'll that's see. good to hear that's good to hear because I always wondered that I asked my friend Serena who's on one of the shows there mm-hmm. and she had a bunch of nude scenes in the past and she's like oh no they don't care no they don't you know so I guess we gotta clear Disney's name they're a we little do. bit more progressive than you'd think absolutely good for Disney go Disney go. go Disney go so we have those two songs about love are there any other topics you're you're breaching on this album what other things can we look forward to on this EP I'm sorry Yes, first the EP, play. but I've been writing the songs for the, the album. album. Yes. That's coming out at some point. The EP, you said, we're shooting for late August, September mm-hmm, area. Mm-hmm, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, this this EP is a little sexual. Nice. Yeah. Because you said you're finally exploring I'm, that, I'm right? I'm finding myself. I mean, it's what, you're coming into your own as a woman in your 20s, and I'm battling with a lot of emotions, and I'm talking about it. And but like I said, on the album and everything, you're gonna find songs about me talking about, you know, my love for um, whiskey and Taco Bell, and and like I'm I'm a lucky bitch. I'm broke right now, but like I have this <laughs> and that, and that's what makes me rich. I'm rich with love. So you're gonna find doo, doo, tons of emotions, ups and, downs. ups and downs, and all of it. Yeah. And are you performing anytime soon? I know you've done a lot of different events you've been doing a ton of pride events yes what has that been like so important to me yeah yeah lgbtq means a a lot to me i have you know family members that are gay and um dear friends that are trans and and just all over and it's just equality means everything to me and love is love and it's definitely a topic that's very deep inside of me that I'm very strong about so being able to be a performer and get to have that platform to do that was such a compliment and was so cool for me to do that and spread that awareness and it's been absolutely awesome but now I'm gearing up for all the radio shows for the fall for stations and um you know for the winter as well and you will see me out on tour in uh, 2018, hopefully January, February. You heard it, folks. She's touring. I will be. Watch be... out for this mamacita. Yes. One other thing. I saw you performed at World Dog Day. Yes. Did you interact with Lisa at all? I love her. Lisa, the queen queen. What was she like? Queen Vanderpump. Vanderpump. We had her on the show once. She was very regal. I didn't She's really so interact posh. with her. No, she was just like, thank you so much for performing. Thank you. And then her husband was like, I was like, hi, hi, hi Ken. Ken. I'm like, I'm so excited to thank you for having me here. Oh my gosh. And he's like, you better be good. And I They're was like, very sassy. Oh, people. beyond. But guess what? what? I will throw it right back at you and I go, you just wait and see, Poppy. <laughs> no, it was great. It was awesome. They were great. 
Yeah. How did Ken respond to that? Oh, he thought it was a kick. He was like, oh, I'm sure you will be. He was Aww. so funny. Yeah, it was great. Kenneth. Kenneth. What a man. He loves swans. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you are a delight. So are you. You are an incredible storyteller, both oh. with your music and with your voice, just your speaking voice. Oh, thank um, you. I'm so happy that I get to work with you in some capacity at Sirius. And Me any too. way I can ever support you, I'd like to do. Me too. Please. Yeah. Like, cross, like, whatever. Like, yeah. you're you're awesome. Oh, thank you. And, yeah, you don't – it's hard to meet quality people, and you definitely are wonderful. Thank Thanks you. Thanks for having me We'll write me back here. at you, and, and you have to check out her single. If you're listening, check out her single. It is out on the 7th. It's called I Never Do. Hey. And the music video I got to see a little sneak peek of, pretty sexy. So, <laughs> guys, gals, check it out. You can find her on Instagram at Official Simon. Which is my favorite. That's her favorite. Please, Official Simon Simon with a Y. She's not as much of a fan as of Twitter, but Meh. she is on there, Officially Simon. So you can go ahead and tweet at her, but make sure to like and comment on her photos on Official Simon. She is on SiriusXM Hits 1. It's a great show. I just listened to your interview with Louis Tomils- Tomlinson. 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 Thank you. And Steve Aoki. It was awesome. Thanks. 4 to 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern time. Really fun show. You're with two guys and you're like the female perspective. Yeah. Two- What's that like, by the way, being the only female voice there? Is it difficult at times? I like playing with the boys. I good. Can be, I can be you're one good of the, at that. I can be one of the boys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're I good can, at that, but you bring the hang. feminine when you need to. Absolutely. Yeah. I have to, and I just want to give them a plug because I love them so much. Yeah. And um, and they are so nice. So nice. So nice. Michael Yo is so mm-hmm. awesome. And Tony Fly is amazing. And I have an amazing producer named Tim. Tim. We love Tim. And Kid Kelly. And i just giving them all a shout out. Yeah. It's an amazing opportunity for me, and I'm, I'm very grateful for it. Well, good. I'm so happy that you're here and Thank that you're you. there and that you're going to be out in the entire world did out for you thank you babe well this is simon i'm lauren (laughs) lagrasso i'm actually performing next week on friday yes uh, friday the 7th at bar 20 at 8 (gasps) p.m so come out and then the next day i'm going to be doing like one song at this cool event at bernie's actually it's like uncle bernie's coffee shop wait what day is this this is Friday the 7th, and then on Damn. Saturday the 8th, I'll be doing, like, one song at this cute little coffee shop. It's around uh, 7 p.m. So check my Instagram yes. and Twitter for information. <gasps> it's at Lauren Lagrasso. So I would be there, but I have a show in Georgia with Hay Violet and Cordover Street on Friday. Cordover Street! Yeah. I interviewed his brother Nash over Street. I love Nash. Yeah. They're such nice brothers. Oh yeah. my gosh. Good they're, family. They're good kids. Yep. Good people. Well, check her out if you're... Oh. It's in Georgia, you said, right? Yeah. If you're in Georgia, Augusta, check her Georgia. Out. Come get, on out to my show. Get down to Augusta. Mm-hmm. And thank you for being with us. And we will talk to you soon after Buzz. Mwah. Mwah. Yas, queens. Yas. Yas. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later! The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.